Today is Friday, December 22nd, 2023. That is the day according to the Roman calendar. On the Hebrew calendar, however, today is the 10th day of the 10th month. It is a day of mourning, and it is marked by fasting from sunrise to sunset. Why is today considered a day of mourning? There are four days on the Jewish calendar that mark critical and traumatic events in the destruction by Babylon of Jerusalem and the First Temple. The first event occurred on the 10th day of the 10th month. 2 Kings chapter 25 discusses the first three events in this catastrophic overthrow of Jerusalem. Verses 1 through 9 read, And it came to pass in the ninth year of his reign, in the tenth month, in the tenth day of the month, that Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon came, he and all his host against Jerusalem, and pitched against it. And they built forts against it round about. And the city was besieged unto the eleventh year of King Zedekiah. And on the ninth day of the fourth month, the famine prevailed in the city, and there was no bread for the people of the land, and the city was broken up. And all the men of war fled by night by way of the gate between the two walls, which is by the king's garden. Now the Chaldees were against the city round about it, and the king went the way toward the plain. And the army of the Chaldees pursued after the king and overtook him in the plains of Jericho, and all his army were scattered from him. So they took the king and brought him up to king of Babylon, to the king of Babylon, to Riblah, and they gave judgment upon him. And they slew the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes, and put out the eyes of Zedekiah, and bound him with fetters of brass, and carried him to Babylon. And in the fifth month, on the seventh day of the month, which is the nineteenth year of King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came, came Nebuzaradan, captain of the guard, a servant of the king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem. And he burned the house of Yahweh, and the king's house, and all the houses of Jerusalem, and every great man's house burned he with fire. On the tenth day of Tibet, Nebuchadnezzar had laid siege to our capital. One and a half years later, in the fourth month, the month of Tammuz, Babylon's army broke through the walls of Jerusalem. Three weeks later, in the fifth month, the temple was burned to the ground. The book of Jeremiah records a fourth day of mourning associated with this tragic disaster. Nebuchadnezzar set up a vassal government in our homeland. He appointed a Jewish man, Gedaliah, as the governor. But Jewish rebels assassinated Gedaliah, bringing Babylon's full fury upon us. Babylon carried out the decree, but it was our own sins that really brought this suffering upon us. Notice what we read in verse 9, and he burned the house of Yahweh and the king's house and all the houses of Jerusalem, and every great man's house burned he with fire. For most of us, it is hard to picture a city completely burned down. Today we're going to focus on that one scene, a city burned to the ground. We're going to consider one of the testimonies of the testimonies to the inferno that destroyed the city of Jerusalem. The remnant that we're going to study is actually associated not with the first destruction of Jerusalem, but with the second. 500 years after the destruction of the first temple, 500 years after Babylon burned the temple to the ground, Romans burned the second temple to the ground. About a five-minute walk from the Western Wall Plaza is a silent reminder of a city that was consumed in flames. It is simply called the Burnt House. 
This building is in the Jewish quarter of Jerusalem's old city. Archaeologists have determined that this building was burned down by the Romans in the year 70. That was during the Jewish rebellion. After the 1967 war of Jerusalem's reunification, archaeological explorations began in this area, led by Professor Nachman Avigad from Jerusalem's Hebrew University. In 1970, this house was found under layers of ashes. This was the first archaeological evidence of the inferno that consumed the upper city. The stone walls are blackened, and the wooden beams are charred, having been exposed to extreme heat. Most of the house is simply gone. Based on coins that were discovered at the site, the house's destruction was dated at the time of the Roman overthrow of the capital. The house is part of a complex of buildings, which still lie underneath the city streets. The small four-bedroom house had a courtyard and ovens and a mikveh. The building contains kitchen vessels made of stone instead of clay. According to rabbinic laws, stone does not become ritually impure, as clay does. These vessels and the mikveh hint that the home was a priestly home. But, making even more clear, a stone weight was found in the ruins, engraved with the words, the son of Kathros. A second stone engraved with the same name was later found nearby. According to Josephus, the priest and the wealthy lived in the upper city of Jerusalem, separated from the Temple Mount by the Tyropean Valley. The residents of the home could look out from their front door and see the temple across the valley. So who was Kathros? Kathros was a priestly family in the days of the Second Temple. That family was not spoken of highly. The Babylonian Talmud in Tractate Pesachim 57 relates the following. This is from this translation of the William Davison Talmud is from uh, safaria.org. We read, With regard to the prominent priests and those like them, Abba Shul ben Batnit said in the name of Abba Yosef ben Hanin, Woe is me due to the high priests of the house of Betos. Woe is me due to their clubs. Woe is me due to the high priests of the house of Hanin. Woe is me due to their whispers and the rumors they spread. Woe is me due to the high priests of the house of Katros. Woe is me due to their pens that they use to write lies. The Gemara continues by listing transgressions committed by some members, uh, some other members of the priesthood. Members of the priestly house of Katros were considered transgressors in the eyes of the Talmudic sages. So, The house that we're looking at, with the mikvah, with the stone vessels and that clay, with the weight, with uh, Kathos Neiman, located in the upper city, evidence points to this was a priestly house. Excavations of the rubble in the house also revealed a Roman sword, and disturbingly, the forearm of a young woman. It is estimated that she was in her 20s at the time of her death. Her identity is unknown, and the remainder of her body was not found. The arm was buried, and a facsimile was left in its place as a testimony to her. The fire destroyed not only the temple, but the homes of the rich and the poor alike. It is estimated that the Romans killed over one million Jews in the Battle of Jerusalem. Yes, there are many reasons to mourn because of the destruction of Jerusalem and its temple. 
Messiah, too, lamented over Jerusalem, even before the Romans ravaged the city. In Luke chapter 19, verses 41 through 44, we read, And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the day shall come upon thee, that thine enemy shall cast a trench about thee, encompass thee round, and keep thee in on every side, and shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Messiah prophesied that the city would be demolished. But the prophet spoke of a time when things would change. Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10, tells us a wonderful prophecy after a period of, of great war. We read, And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplication. They shall look upon me, whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourns for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is bitterness for the firstborn. The scripture speaks of mourning for the temple that was destroyed. It speaks of mourning for the city of Jerusalem, which was destroyed. It speaks of mourning for all the people who died at the hands of the Babylonians or the Romans. They too died. But it speaks of mourning for Messiah. The temple will return to Jerusalem. Messiah will return as well. And then the mourning will cease. Blessed be God who will rebuild the temple.